This show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O, a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. Every week, you'll learn about alternative ways to improve your health and well-being using the healing power of botanicals such as cannabinoids. Here's your host, Lola Ahanba. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. Ho. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Lola Ahamba. I'm a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. Glad you could join me today. Thank you. Today's episode is the concluding part of our episode on the role of cannabinoid in the management of uh, epilepsy and seizure. This is the part two of uh, the role of cannabinoid in the management of seizure disorder. Guess what? This is our 10th episode. Thank you guys so much for your support. I can't believe we are already on the 10th episode. This is amazing. I am very glad, grateful to you guys, our listeners. Without you, I can't even do this. This was me stepping out of my comfort zone uh, and so, so grateful that you guys could join me on this ride. Thank you guys so much. So on today's show, we will be looking at uh, the role of the women and uh, epilepsy seizure, the way we manage the female population. We're also going to be looking at uh, the role of cannabinoid, what, what cannabis is being used to to treat how it's being used in the management of seizure disorder. We're going to look at the uh, FDA-approved, two FDA-approved uh, medications that is cannabis-based that is being used in the management of seizure disorder. So glad for that you guys could join me. Before I go on into the details of today's show, I would like to request a favor from you guys. I want you guys to please go on your listening platform if you are using Apple, if you are using Spotify, if you are using other platforms to listen. Please go on your listening platform and leave us a review. We need a review. The review is what will put us on the chat. So please go on the listening platform and leave a review. Thank you. Apart from that, if you have not yet subscribed to the show, please do so. Yes, I know people can listen, but when you subscribe, it also helps with our our rating on the platform community. So please go ahead and subscribe to the show. We have links on our website, wci-health. There are links to where you can subscribe to any platform that you, you like to use. And also, if you would like to, to support the show, we have a link, a Patreon link on our website. We are very appreciative of any support. Nothing is too small. Thank you guys so much. So on our last episode, we talked about uh, what is a seizure disorder. We talked about the uh, Greek history, uh, history behind the diseases how it was said in the Greeks of old that diseases were due to demonic spell cast by the gods when they are angry. But uh, Hippocrates of Chaos, uh, the father of a medicine, was the one that first came out and said, no, that's Ocus Pocus, diseases are not 
due to uh, causes from God. In fact, that diseases is as a result of environmental factors, among other things. In fact, in their hocus pocus, they said the goddess of the moon, Celine, anytime she's mad and you don't give her R-E-S-P-E-C-T-E, she just splash the cause on, on people <laughs> uh, people so we were able to look into that on our last episode we also looked into the different types of seizure disorder partial seizure generalized uh, seizure tonic cloning all those we we, lo- we looked into it if you have not listened to that episode please go ahead and do so and we have other episodes like i said this is our episode 10 so we have a lot of material materials out there where you guys can really learn about these things. Apart from uh, the types of seizure disorder, we also look into the non-pharmacological ways of managing the disease. Because if it's not managed, it can lead to what we call SUDEP, which is sudden death that's a result of complication from, from epilepsy or seizure. So we looked into non-pharmacological way, the way diet is being used in the management. We also looked into the surgery. The, the vigor simulator is the one type of surgery that is being used. After that, we looked into the pharmacological means of managing the disease. And like I said, most physicians, in fact, all the physicians managing the disease, they always follow a specific guideline that has been uh, outlined by the the association responsible for, for this management of the disease. So that's what we did in our episode one, this episode. In this episode, we will be looking at the how we manage a female population and epilepsy. We're also going to look into a role of cannabis, the cannabinoid in the management. Then we will look into the FDA approved uh, medication, the cannabis-based medication that is being used now in the management of the disease. So like I said in our episode, uh, part one of this series, there is no cure for seizure disorder. Epilepsy, we don't have a cure for it. So if we don't have a cure for it, how do we manage it? We address the pharmacological ways of managing the disease in the previous episode. But unfortunately, when we use this medicine, pharmacological therapy to manage it, some people, they cannot tolerate the side effects of the drugs. And about a third of the uh, population suffering from this disorder, the drugs are not effective for about one third of the population. So where do we go from here? How do we deal with this situation of non-compliance? And of it not even working. Part of the, some of the side effects that people have when they are on anti-seizure medication, some of the side effects are dizziness, drowsiness, insomnia, uh, nausea. They have a headache, fatigue, blood vision. These are acute uh, side effects. The acute means it's for a short time. So when they have a headache, you for a short time, it will pass. That's acute. But the chronic uh, condition, the chronic side effect is what 
or normally makes people to not want to use their medicine. So when we talk about uh, chronic, it depends on the drug. D- different drugs, they have different side effects. So for some of the drugs, the chronic side effects include loss of bone density, that's osteoporosis. So for elderly population, not even just elderly population, as we grow older, we lose uh, bone density. So if you are already getting to that stage whereby you your bone uh you are have you are susceptible to loss of bone density so some of this medication when you use it it also speed up the the rate that bone is lost some people experience weight gain some people experience uh, behavioral changes some people experience uh, memory loss in some of the medication also kidney stone and for female population, some people can have uh, menstrual uh, cycle irregularities. There is a folic acid deficiency uh, when people use uh, phenytoin is being implicated. There is a reduction in the folic acid deficiency in that drug, which is very important, especially in the female of uh, childbearing age. Also, uh, there is rash. I know people will be like, rash is not a big deal. No, there are some rashes that are not a big deal. But when we have this rash, we call it Stephen John syndrome. Stephen John syndrome uh, type of rash is a medical emergency. If that is going on, one has to get to the hospital immediately. So based on all these chronic side effects, people might not be compliant with, with their drug. The next uh, a subtopic I'm going to be looking at is the anti-seizure drug and uh, female population. Like I said, the way we manage female is different from male. Women, we have uh, estrogen, uh, which has been shown to have seizure-activating effect. When I say seizure-activating effect, basically what I'm saying is that the estrogen is being shown to trigger seizure episode. It uh, it increases the ability of uh, drugs to to have ability of somebody to have seizure disorder so estrogen which is also found in many of many female in higher con- quantity in higher women we have more estrogen than uh, test, uh progesterone uh for progesterone has also been shown to have seizure protective effect so seizure protective effect for progesterone and seizure triggering effect for estrogen. Drugs such as uh, topiramate or uh, the autopamas, as the case may be, or oscabazepine, these are called enzyme inducer. They may cause treatment failure in female on oral contraceptives. So basically, enzyme inducers, what they do is they causes the drug to metabolize fast. Basically, what that means is that the, when you take enzyme inducer, your, your estrogen, which is in your birth control pills, will be getting rid of out of your body fast. It will be metabolized faster than normal. For, say, somebody on a, on a pill, 
and you take this seizure disorder, not all of them are into that. The drug, your estrogen, your birth control pills will be getting rid of from your body faster than normal. So in this situation, uh, a person using this drug will have to use a secondary sub, uh, birth control. You have to use a second line birth control to put, if you are trying to, I mean, when you use birth control, the reason is maybe somebody do not want to have be pregnant at that particular time. I know people also use birth control for other reasons, but the main reasons why uh, most of us use it is uh, pregnancy prevention. So if one is trying to pre- have pregnancy prevention and you use this uh, set of uh, seizure medication that is going to speed up the metabolism of the birth control, if you don't have a backup, a secondary backup, then one can get pregnant. For those are the enzyme inducers like uh, the topiramate or the oscabazepine. So when we talk about uh, enzyme inducers, those were, that would be the effect that we say. But what about en- enzyme in- inhibitors? So when we have uh, drugs that inhibit the enzymes, then the estrogen is going to take more in the body. Instead of it uh, meta- being metabolized out of your body, then it stays longer because the drug, the seizure drug, is preventing the estrogen from being broken down. So in that situation, you can have excess drug, excess estrogen in the body, and that will have its own side effects. So one has to be able to talk to the doctor and uh, your provider will choose the best agent and they will know how to manage the effect or the side effect that might be resulting from that. Up to about 25 to 30% of women are said to have increased or decreased in seizure frequency during pregnancy. Providers will need to factor that into consideration when they are using, when they are choosing drugs or therapy to manage pregnant females because up to 25 to 30% can either have increase in seizure activity or decrease in seizure activities during pregnancy. According to uh, clinical studies, there is a higher incidence of uh, adverse, uh, adverse pregnancy outcome in female with epilepsy or seizure. So basically, people that are pregnant and are on uh, medication for management of seizure disorder is being studied and find out that this uh, female in this uh, population, there's a tendency for higher seizure episode. There's a frequency in higher episode of seizure in this population. The risk of uh, congenital bad defect is said to be uh, between uh, 4 to 6%, twice as high compared to non-epileptic women. So women that are on seizure medicine, the risk of them having children, kids with uh, congenital birth defect is about 4 to 6% higher when you compare it to female, pregnant female without, that are not on uh, seizure medication. 
But at the same time, does that mean they shouldn't take their medicine? No, that's not what we are saying. Like we said, if this disease is not managed, it can result in sudep a sudden death due to epilepsy episode. So we just have to balance the risk and the benefits of the drug. And that is why it's very important to look for a safer alternatives whereby the side effects to patients will be minimized. There is no drug that doesn't have its own side effects, including cannabis. Cannabinoid products, they all have side effects. But we just have to balance the risk and the benefit of this side effect. Drugs such as phenytoin and barbiturates have been linked to congenital heart defect or facial cleft. Vaproic acid and carbamazepine uh, have been uh, linked to spinal bifida. So these are the drugs, the phenytoin and barbiturates, phenobarbitols, those have been linked to congenital heart defect or facial cleft. And vaproic acid and carbamazepine, which are really, really one of our common ones that is being used, they have been linked to spinal bifida. It's not in everybody. So when we talk about this side, it doesn't mean everybody that is on the drug are going to experience it. It's just a clinical studies. When they do this, they have to report everything that is seen during the clinical trial. Even if it's episode is one person or one uh, mice that shows that symptom, it has to be re- reported. Prevention of pregnancy-related adverse effects of uh, anti-seizure drug. That's the next one. We're going to be looking next into the prevention of pregnancy-related uh, side effects due to the drugs. Uh, some of the uh, listed side effects that I mentioned earlier, some of them can be managed. They can be reduced by adequate folic acid intake. That's why part of the reason when children, uh, females of childbearing age are asked to take folic acid because some of these, uh, especially the birth defect, the cleft palate, those can be reduced by uh, intake, increasing the folic acid intake. So female of childbearing age who are on uh, anti-seizure medication, they need to be on prenatal vitamins, approximately up to 0.5 to 5 milligrams per day, which will have uh, folic acid in it. For females that have the history of a neural tuber defect, they, uh, they have recommended that higher folic acid dosage should be considered in those females. For, but all these, you, uh, the individual patients still have to consult with their primary physician to choose the right uh, dosage or the right medication to manage the situation because every situation is different. Every pregnancy is different. So do not take any medication, including over-the-counter supplement without consulting your physicians. So the other element that has been used is the vitamin K. Approximately 10 milligrams per day of vitamin K is said to help reduce a neonatal hemorrhagic disorder if given to a mother during last month before delivery. So during the last trimester, 
of pregnancy if uh, a, a female pregnant female is given a vitamin k approximately around 10 milligrams per day is being shown in clinical studies to reduce the risk of uh, neonatal hemorrhagic disorder so apart from minerals and vitamins to manage some of the bad defects Food is essential, not just for growth, but our body's general well-being. So food is also part of uh, the management that people are employing to control frequencies of uh, seizure disorder. So apart from uh, the surgery, the medication, keto diet, like I said in our previous episode, has been shown to reduce the frequencies of seizure episodes. So what is a keto diet? Keto diet is made up of approximately 75% fat, 20% protein, and 5% carbohydrate. So basically, keto diet, uh, the emphasis is on the protein. Um, I mean, sorry, the emphasis is on uh, fat. Uh, it's a, a high fat, a low carbohydrate diet, high fat, low carbohydrate diet. The uh there is variation in uh in what people are doing there, but like I said, the emphasis is on the high fat, low diet. Basically, what's going on in keto diet is that instead of using your body using the carbohydrate, most of our food, a lot of us, most of our food is carb based. So instead of your body using carb, your body is going to be using the energy that is derived from the fat. That the oil, oil based, fat based food, your body is burning the fat instead of the, the carbohydrate. So you are getting your energy from the fat burning. In that, you are able to lose weight uh, by burning out the fat. That's the basics behind keto diet. Oh, after we have tried a non-pharmacological way, we have tried diets, we have tried pharmacological way, and people are still having problems, what do we do? How do we go from there? And like I said earlier, about a third of the populations are suffering from seizure. They are even non-responsive to conventional therapy. The, ter- the medication that we have is not effective for about a third of the population. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with the situation of people not taking medication because they are not able to tolerate the side effect? So in this population, cannabis-based product might be a safer alternative to consider. Seizure disorder is one of the very few disease states where cannabis-based drugs is FDA approved for the management. I know uh, cannabis is not federally legal yet, but there are some medications out there that are FDA approved for the management of seizure. And seizure is the only uh, disease state right now where we have federal FDA approved drugs to manage this disorder. You would think, okay, if we can be using it to manage seizure, why can't we do more studies on these drugs to manage, use it to manage other diseases? It's always come down for me. I feel like it still comes down to the big pharma. They just don't want 
people to have access to these plants that is that is not as dangerous as they claim it to be. Studies have shown effectiveness of cannabinoid in control of seizure, especially in children. Example is in the Charlotte's Well. I don't know many people have heard the story of Charlotte from uh, Colorado, uh, where the, uh, the the management of this uncontrollable seizure, they use uh, a different kind of strains of uh, CBD-rich cannabinoid-based product, and uh, the child was, seizure was effectively managed using a cannabis-based product. A high CBD, low THC product is been shown to be effective in the management of a seizure disorder. Clinical trials have shown reduction of seizure episode in experimental animals that are on cannabis-based therapy. Cannabis-based therapy has been shown to help reduce uh, episodes of seizure in uh, experimental animals like mice. Also, people using uh, cannabis products have testified of its effectiveness in control of uh, uncontrollable seizure episodes. It helps to improve sleep and it also helps with the behavioral disorder, the behavioral side effect of the disease. CBD-based drug Epidalis is approved by the FDA for the management of seizure disorder in children uh, having uh, Lenox-Gustav uh, syndrome. The Lenox-Gustav syndrome is common in children and children uh, that are suffering from this disorder there is a new uh, FDA-approved uh, medication called Epidalis. This is CBD-based, cannabis-based product. So that's FDA legal. It's uh, legal here in the United States to use this medication. Also, uh, a very rare seizure disorder called Dravet syndrome, where seizure is said to be caused by fever or high uh, temperature. The Dravet syndrome the seizure is caused by fever and is seen in children. It's very rare. So there's also CBD approved, um, FDA approved medication that is being used in this. So I'm sure people are wondering, so how do you dose uh, this product? How do you dose uh, CBD from history? It's always been difficult to know what dose to give. In the case of children, Oil and tincture are two main dosage forms for that is being used. And I'm sure the adults can also use that because it's a, it makes sense. It's a lot easier to be able to measure the quantity of oil or to be able to use droplets to put the tincture under the tongue so you can know what dose is working and what dose is you need to add. So one can easily measure the oil or one can easily measure the tincture. So these are two main dosage forms that is being used, especially in children. So since we are already using uh, epidalis for the management of seizure disorder in children, for those populations that are unresponsive to the traditional anti-seizure medication or unable to tolerate the adverse effects of the traditional medicine, a cannabis-based product might be a safer alternative. Cannabis has been shown to be safe 
and effective in the management of seizure in children. So if we are using it for the children, then the adults should be able to use it too. And for uh, many studies have shown, there hasn't been any uh, documentation of people overdosing on cannabis-based product on CBD. People have not overdosed uh, on that compared to other, other medication where people get overdosed on it. When you look at this situation with, with female on anti-epilepsy and anti-seizure medication, then you have a, a bad defect. Uh, you have all kind of uh, diseases pass, being passed down to, to the kids, to the, to the babies. Cannabis was used by the Rastafarian uh, female even during childbirth, during pregnancies. They use it to help them with nausea, they help them with, uh, uh, to help them to eat. So we, I still feel like the power that be needs to uh, do more research. Of course, more research is needed, but cannabis-based products is really, really, we need to look into it. It could be a lifesaver uh, for many patients suffering, not just for seizure, not just for 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 that for for other kinds of diseases, other kind of disorder going on there. If we can give it to our cancer patient to help, if we can give, use it in HIV for cachexia, for waste, for weight loss due to HIV AIDS, and these are synthetic products. Okay, the epidolis, these are manufactured synthetic products. These are synthetic products. The drenabinol, marino. If we can give those to our vulnerable population, why can't we do more research? I guess that question is for the power that be. But my own uh, portion, the reason why we do this is to give education, to educate the community, to learn about it, to learn about it now. You need to know about it now so that when it's finally approved for use nationwide or worldwide, you will have the information that you need to make informed decision, not just for yourself, but for your family. So that is our show today. I am glad you guys are able to join me. Like I said, this is our 10th episode. I am hoping we can continue to do this and we appreciate your financial support. Please go on uh, WCI-Health and sign up to be one of our patrons to support this show. Is uh, Nothing is too small. Also, please leave a review. Like I said, review is very essential for us to be rated and to keep moving. Give us a review. For those that are yet to subscribe, please do so. Subscribe to this show. And we have products. We have uh, hemp. We are carrying hemp fusion brands of uh, CBD product. We have products for energy. We have products for sleep. We have the balm. We have the cream. For those that do not want tincture or pills, don't want to use that kind of product. If you just want to use the topical 
topical is not absorbed into your bloodstream. It's localized. So if you have pain, if you have stiffness and you need topical products, we have all those on the website. Do check those out. And until next time, uh, remember, health equals well. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful week. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform. Support the show by becoming a patron and donating on our Patreon page or on our website. For more information, visit our website at www.wci-health.com. 